Kevin's team is a freight train. I don't know who can stop him. No, that's it, it's it's legitimately what it was, and I mean, 580 points scored, and that's not that's not potential points. That's what he's actually started this year with that. That's fuck it. That's that's almost a hundred points more than the next place team. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is scary. Uh, granted, now I contributed to part of this holy shitballness, but <laughs> holy shitballs. You know, I really I thought I had an idea of what the song was going to be. And it would have been a little cliche, but I really thought you were going to do "You Are My Sunshine," but <laughs> apparently not. So no, I went with I went with the bonus points. Can you tell me the movie that comes from? Um, Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny. I, you're in the right genre, but think more Ryan Reynolds. Um, Deadpool. I Deadpool. don't know. Yep, it is Deadpool. Yeah, it is Deadpool. It's it's in, it's in a, I believe it's in the second Deadpool movie. That's incredible. Yep, I just it's amazing where I pull my 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 inspiration from this, but <laughs> I'll, I'll try to get more of the the tinky winky la la going on in here. But yeah, you know, long introductory later, Dan. We're back with another podcast. How are you doing? It's a beautiful day, man. The Braves are one game away from winning the the NL East. I actually just now bought um, Brewers playoff tickets so I can go watch the game with it so life's good we had a great Ryder cup um i was right with that call you were goes to show what i know i'm yeah. an expert yeah but no it's, it's a good week man how's you i'm doing good you know that was good english you know i knew where your head's at you're already about i'm guessing one and a half drinks in on the night so you know, that's okay. that's actually good for you yeah i actually went with the strawberry lemonade tonight i feel very very, very refreshing here on this fall night I was going to say, are you like on a beach right now or something um, in your head? I wish. Yeah, I wish. Yeah. But but you know what? I'm ready to talk football. Yes, I hear you on that. And, you know, I was a little worried. I didn't think that we would have a real exciting podcast to talk about um, because, you know, these matchups more or less are kind of shitty. Um, but, you know, they're a little bit better this week. But we didn't have a trade for the longest time. And then Nick and Armand got a little freaky naughty monday night and kind of pulled off a blockbuster we've seen a lot of them this year how about that a lot of big names that are going is it bad that that when you started this i immediately went where you're talking about you know the the listening and everything like that that i immediately went to bob euchre in major league i was like it's like you can't say shit on here ah nobody's listening no one is listening it's it's you me and kevin i think he's the one that gives us compliments this is true you know and we're just all begging for your approval Everyone in superheroes like yep. we, we we want to know if you actually listen. Judging by the numbers, you haven't. <laughs> Kevin just watches it on loop to inflate the numbers. We appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, we 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 always appreciate that. But let's talk about this trade, and this involved Nick and Armand, and it was a doozy. Um, Armand receives Dak Prescott and Corey Davis, and Mr. Nick Ruth receives Trevor Lawrence. A 2023 first round draft pick that is Stephens, a 22 second round draft pick that's Kevin, and a 23 second round draft pick that is Sam's. Dan, what's your thoughts on this blockbuster? Wow. The number one overall pick doesn't even make it three weeks on a team, and he goes bye bye with this. Uh, I tell you what, I love the play for Dak. With it, I, I think it was funny that in the group chat, it's like, oh, Armand wins one game, and all of a sudden, it's like all hell breaks loose <laughs> with it. But I, 
but I tell you what, this is a this is a spot that Armand needed to fix. And this is nothing against Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is going to be amazing, great. Fan, I mean, you, second coming to Jesus, however you want to look at him here. But Dak gives you this, I'm ready to go mentality. And I, I, I mean, for me, I love, I love that he went out and he spent for it. Um, giving up Trevor Lawrence kind of sucks. With it, when I say kind of sucks, I mean he had a 19 point game, and then he put up six and he put up three. So you're really not too excited about that. Um, so I look at it as you trade Trevor Lawrence, a first round pick, and you get Dak Prescott. That's pretty fucking awesome with it. Uh, the Corey Davis piece is just kind of fluff for me, I guess. I, I, I'm not big in the Corey Davis train with it. That's I'm, I'm not big on the Jets though <laughs> with <laughs> that's, it. Say no more. But I mean, I love this move for Ruth. I absolutely love this move for Ruth. This is this is younger, bigger, better futures. As long as again, I hate I hate the draft pick piece to it, and you never want to bank on the fact that you're gonna hit homers on your on your pieces. But I love this for Armand too. You got Dak fucking Prescott, who looks very fucking good through two of his three weeks. Big time. Absolutely. No, I mean, I think for me, this trade looks like kind of a win-win. I think both teams accomplish, you know, what they want, you know, what their kind of goal is for the season. I mean, Armand, we talked about, you know, heavily kind of the three teams, um, Sam, Armand, and Jerry, where they sort of sit. And I think for Armand's team, you know, we kind of said a quarterback, you know, Trevor Lawrence to, uh, you know, whoever else, like it's, fine but it's probably going to take a little bit for these guys to develop just because quarterbacks unless they have real high rushing upside it doesn't happen overnight it usually takes a year or so to them to get going and if Ramon wants to contend like that's a spot that needs to be filled and also maybe even a flex spot so you you know you look at this deal he gets Dak Prescott you know he's a top 10 probably top five quarterback right now in fantasy and Corey Davis I'm a little bit higher than you um on him I think he's a very solid flex option but you know this Jets team is going to be frustrating I don't think he's going to be consistent consistent by any means but when you look at some of the guys that are you know Armand was potentially looking in his flex um Corey Davis is probably an upgrade so I think that's you know a win yeah um, yep. yeah no go ahead I, I, mean, jump in. I was just saying I agree I when I, I you broke into the piece that I was going to go highlight is the the potential lack of depth that Armand has deeper in yep. the rosters begin to approach bye weeks Yep. As we begin to have things that, again, losing Tua sucks, losing Tarad sucks with it. Uh, I mean, Nikhil Harry is obviously a, a piece you're really hoping for. Um, Traquan Smith is is another good piece in that offense that you have. Um, I tell you what, the one piece I really like uh, that he showed up a little bit last week was Donovan People Jones. Just, yeah. just been sneaky good with Jarvis Landry being out now. Um, but this is another depth piece. And you're right, I you're a bigger Corey Davis thumper than I am. Mm-hmm. With it, a number thirty-five uh, year or month or year date league to date in PPR yep. formats. Um, so yeah, you, you get the extra piece that you need, and you're right, it is an upgrade over what he needs. Still don't like the piece, but depth is depth. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you look at Armand's team. Like right now, his last end of the or before he got Corey Davis, he was looking at you know like a Jalen Rieger, Sonny Michelle, maybe Michael Carter. Um, those are the type of guys that like Sammy Watkins that he's looking at flex options. Now he pencils in Corey Davis, who I think is better than all those guys I listed. That's great. I think right now, when you look at Armand's team, it's clear he wants to contend. And I think 
he needs one more piece. He needs like another flex option, maybe ideally a running back. And, you know, he's still got some picks. He's still some second rounders next year. He's got all his 2024 picks. You know, Armand said it in chat and it's a hundred percent fair. It's much funner to contend than tank. And it's hard to argue against that. So I think for Armand, you know, it's what is next. There's got to be something else that comes down the pipe, whether it's, before Sunday or in the next two weeks. I don't know, but I would wager to bet that Armand's not done this year with making moves. Well, the positive side is, is we actually have an insight. I was sent an insight from the rebuilding manager yes. about, yeah, Hey, like, let's, yeah, let's, let's hear, let's, let's, let's hear what it is. Yep. And I didn't go in depth on Nick. So why don't we get his thoughts on it? Yeah. So he sends a message that says, so I guess I'll put my, my views of my trade here for you guys to record tonight. I definitely lose in the short term, which is obvious. Um, which obviously is a win-win for me. Lawrence will take a year or two to get in his own. I short up my starting QBs for the next decade, even though they aren't the prototypical running dominant QBs. They both are decent mobile, so I'm happy. Getting the 23 first was huge, and the seconds for Corey Davis are good, and I shed his points too. Pretty happy with it, obviously, or I wouldn't have done it, LOL. So what are your thoughts when you what do you hear where Nick's perspective about why this trade happened happened? Yeah, I mean, I think it completely makes sense. I mean, I think for Nick's team and really anyone that's rebuilding, one of like the goals, like in an ideal world, is you kind of somehow flip a vet for a maybe a younger player that you think has potential to become just as good as that vet while accumulating more assets. So when you look at Dak Prescott, I'd say right now, probably very fa- fair to say he's a top 10, maybe flirting with top five status in Dynasty. Would you agree with that? I I I don't think I would have much to stand upon. Could you make a small case on in the in the short in those little bit of time we've seen it? Sure, but I don't think it's a strong case to stand on. So you think he's not a top ten quarterback? No, I I, I think he is. Okay, yeah. So I'm, I just, think I'm that, just saying you could you could potentially make an argument after what you've seen with it. And just just because I'm fine, we're talking about Trevor Lawrence or Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott. Oh, sorry, I was in the Trevor Lawrence piece on no, no, on so long term wise. Dak Prescott in my mind's a top seven. Yeah, for sure. So, and I think when you look at Trevor Lawrence, I think long-term, again, a year or two, three down the line, I think Trevor Lawrence has that ceiling. You know, he's a very hyped quarterback, number one pick for a reason. I think he has the potential to get there. So for Nick, you know, like he said, his goal isn't this year. At this point, it's very clear his goal isn't even the following year. Mm -hmm. You know, this is going to be a two to maybe even three-year rebuild. So getting someone like Trevor Lawrence, who, when you're ready to contend in three years, I think could be Dak Prescott. Well, getting these draft picks, I think that's a win. You know, that yeah. is, that's a, you, that's a rebuilding trade to a T. So I think that's, you know, great. I think Nick definitely accomplished his goal. And for Armand, I mean, he wants to contend, you know, it's say no more getting Dak Prescott, you know, quarterbacks. It's funny. I was looking at like kind of the ages of people's rosters and stuff like that. And, you know, what's kind of skewing things. It's always the quarterback. Quarterbacks can play for so long. So, I mean, Dak Prescott, I think he's pushing what, maybe 28 20, or 20. He's 28 will be 29. Yeah. So, I mean, Dak, and that's still, he can play at an elite level for 10 years. He might not. He Maybe he'll play for more or less. I don't know. But he this he's young in his career. He's not even really entering his prime in quarterback years. So, um, for Armand, I think this is definitely a win. You know, he accomplishes a goal. And Nick, I think he accomplished his goal, too. I mean, this is one of the rare win-wins in my mind. Yep, I, I agree. It's it's always crazy to see. I know. I, I mean, the number one overall pick get mm-hmm. moved three games in, but I I love it. I love the spiciness. 
No, for sure. I mean, I respect Armand for trying to go for it and, you know, win, um, you know, win now. It's like, you know, I've kind of said this a few times. It's easier for me or us to maybe judge teams um, and say what they should do. But at the end of the day, we all have kind of our own vision. And, uh, you know, Armand's vision for his team right now is to, to win. And I think he's, you know, so far through some of the trades that we've seen, and uh, you know looked at and you know kind of reviewed i think they're kind of all stacking up to go to that direction and you know i think he's accomplishing his goal everything runs through king henry mm, yeah this is true thankfully he doesn't have to worry about king henry until the playoffs and yep. at that point in the championship game he you doesn't even it. play him in the regular season no no we could we could see you know a fun one all right um so Nick, you kind of mentioned, or Nick kind of mentioned in his comments, you know, shaving points and stuff like that. You know, before we move on to the matchups, I mean, the first overall pick, um, that's something, you know, it is a weaker draft class. You know, it's not wait, like right now, I don't even know if you can tell me with a straight face who the first overall pick would or should be if the season ended today. Um, but, you know, we know when that happens in six months and the rookie draft comes along. It's going to be a player that people want to have on their roster. So getting that first overall pick is definitely in your best interest. Um, when we look at kind of the race right now for teams like at the bottom, I think there's there's really four teams that are clearly in position. Uh, the first is obviously Nick's team. Um, and right now, if the season ended today, he would have the first overall pick. Um, after that, I think Chris and um, Steve's team are you know very close at running things out at two and three. And your team's kind of been a little feisty. I think we're seeing some guys that maybe you didn't anticipate performing. Um, we're seeing some uh, backups, you know, jump into production. Might not mm-hmm. last, you know, long. But we're seeing you get points. But I think if things balance out, I think you might get closer to that top spot. Um, you know, where we sit right now, how would you kind of handicap um, long term how this maybe first overall pick um, might go? I, you've got to feel good if you're Nick. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think there's any way where you're not feeling super, super good about the position you're in. The real question, you know, boils down to, to, to Chris and everything like that and where he's at. And then will my team level set? And then obviously, you know, Jerry's got some picks that are up in there um, with it. I, I'll let you share the, the fun stat that you shared with me a little bit earlier. Yeah, so one thing that's kind of interesting when we look at first-round picks, at least right now, you know, there might be trades, but 10 of the 12 first-round picks are owned by three teams. And those three... Crazy. Three teams. So Nick Ruth has one, two... He has four picks. Uh, Jer has one, two, three picks. And Dan, you have one, two, three, three picks as well. Yep. Um, the other two picks are owned by Steve and Chris, and both those picks, uh, Steve has Stefan's and Chris has my pick. Probably two teams that are going to be in the playoffs. Back uh, four, yep. Yep, so when you look at, I mean, Nick has his own. Dan, you have your own. Jer, he has his own. Uh, but Nick also has Chris's pick. Uh, Jer has Steve's pick. And uh, Dan, you've got Sam or Armand's pick. Um, so one of those guys probably are missing the playoffs i can't imagine both making them so likely when i think the season ends you guys are gonna each have two picks in the top six um that'll be very interesting to see how it shakes out i think i mean right now 
I don't know. I think. I think uh, Chris's team, I think, is the favorite to maybe end up with the worst overall, like potential points um, once things kind of shake out. And especially once maybe, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo isn't starting at quarterback and we look at his team and, you know, Chris then won't have a quarterback unless, you know, Drew Locke comes back around. Which and I, I Teddy, think Teddy Tugos looks so good right now. He does, yeah. So I can't imagine that him him losing that spot. So I mean, I think when we look at that, it's it's really gonna, I think, influence if it happens earlier in the season. I think Chris might be a runaway for the first overall pick because Steve's team we all thought was probably maybe the worst on paper. But I mean, credit where credits due. I mean, Sam Darnold has been rock solid. Daniel Jones hasn't looked too shabby at at all. Um, both have had kind of easier schedules to start, so we'll see how they progress. But he has two starting quarterbacks, and that's something that um, Chris might not have in a month. So mm-hmm. um, that's what I think gives the edge for me if I had to pick a team. Hard to argue. Hard to argue. I mean, quarterbacks are guys that put up points unless you have, you know, some really, really bad ones <laughs> with yeah. it. But, I, yeah, I, your logic is not flawed. Thank you. I, I will take that as the highest of compliments. Thanks, man. I do what I can in this in this thing. I've, you know, my my English isn't the best. My humor, I think, is pretty on point. But you know, I try to contribute where I can. This is greatly appreciated in trying times like this podcast. <laughs> uh, this is one of those times where I just want to be like anybody that that sends me the the code word orange, like I'll, like I'll just Apple Pay five bucks to just just to see how many people actually fucking listen to this stuff. <laughs> Like I'm, I'm not gonna do it, but it's just it would just be fucking hilarious. It's like, oh, yep. If you listened the entire year, you could have made yourself what is it, a five by sixteen with that? You could have made you know the eighty dollars. Like, sorry, I had to carry I had to carry a three there. That was a little rough, but just like I just yeah, just this is a small little shit in my mind that that's where that plays to. We should have like a decoder that's people up to solve. It's like every like fourth word on the even numbered minutes are I don't even know, but some like crazy convoluted prize that basically comes together to say Kevin's teams better fucking lose. I, I, I think, I think the funner one is, it's, is it's at what, at what timestamp do you realize that Dan actually has had, has been overserved? <laughs> I don't think we've had too many of those this year, no, but last, they're real last bad. year, last year we've had some. <laughs> uh, I, yep. I try to make it a point to only have one drink before we start. Mm-hmm. with it but the, yeah there were some nights last year by the time we were like hey like we're good to go it's like 9 30 i'm like oh shit i'm not good to go i should be in bed right now but you know what we survive we move past this we grow either my alcohol tolerance has gotten better or you know just the fact that my team's super shitty um has helped but but yeah what's next we're doing matchups you know unfortunately there just there isn't much content this week um so we'll move on to those and Thankfully, this week, they're not so one-sided, even though we saw two mega upsets with Armand taking down Zane and Mr. Nick Ruth taking down Sam. Um, With those in mind, we went four and two on the week, bringing our total regular season record up to 13 and five each. Um, Oh, I bet you Stefan was sweating a little bit. That was a close one. You you know, you kept things very interesting, putting up, what, 170? 70, yep. Yep, so that was, that was, you know, Going back to earlier with your team, you've got some guys that are definitely overperforming and, you know, are it'll be interesting to see, can they continue to do that? You know, is are these guys that maybe you'll sell, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge to everyone out there looking to maybe buy someone? 
Yep, the two things I'll highlight for last week is number one, I scored 170 points on the fucking button. I'm curious how many times. Uh, Steve scored 75 on the button here, so that just kind of flukes my point. Is how many times does that actually happen? With it, but I'm just curious. Did we have a scoring record last week with, at 217? Is that yes. the highest we've ever been? Uh, I'd have to look at MFL just to confirm, but I'm pretty sure that is the highest by like 10 points. Holy shit balls! Holy shit balls! Okay. Well, one thing that's you know just to give some props to at least through the first three weeks um what we're seeing from stefan and kevin like it's absurd um because right now you look at um kevin and so kevin's points has on the season is 580 stefan is at 574 um at number three is my team at 487 so you might be thinking wow that's incredible but here's like a stat that's just mind-blowing so Kevin and Stefan have scored 580 and 574 points, respectively. No team besides them has eclipsed that point total for their max pot- potential points. My max potential points are 564, um, and that's third place behind Stefan and Kevin. You know, Adams is 562. I mean, Sam is, I think, fourth at 508. Um, Zane is all the way down at 494. Like it's early, it's three weeks, you know, but Stefan and I mean, Kevin isn't a surprise, but Stefan's team is definitely, you know, showing out, you know, led by Tom Brady and Cooper cup, um, among some other players. Um, it has just been very dominant production from both those teams, um, that, you know, in Kevin's case, not too surprising, maybe surprising how much he's lapping the field right now. But I think the bigger surprise is the fact that Stefan is like kind of matching Kevin, you know, foot for foot right now. Yep. I'm still, still rocking team Kevin. <laughs> team Kevin. Team fucking Kevin. You're going to get that tattoo before the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> you laugh like a man that is about to commit to it. I, I, it's one of those things. That I thought a couple interesting things around with that. I might, bitch out of the pepper for a tattoo from the winner but we'll see <laughs> all right let's move on to matchups and thankfully we've got a few more that are a little bit better than last week uh but we're going to start with one that is i guess better um maybe um it's well not really kevin you're taking on dan's team um, <laughs> i don't know i mean we, last week we kind of did like the who we think is going to score the most points for each team do we mm-hmm. want to do that, or do you have like some other creative, fun solution to, you know, humor us during these trying times? Uh, no, I mean, I think this is especially when we have something as lopsided as this. It's it's like, all right, what do you want to continue to see in everything? And and you well, know, for, okay, how about this? So yeah. I'll ask, let's do. I'm going to give you over under for a player. So let's go. Let's look at Mr. Chuba Hubbard. You know, he's going to be filling in for CMC this week. Right now. Uh, Sleeper has him at 15.87 points this week. If you had to take the over, you had to take the under. Which one are you going to take for Chuba against Dallas? So they, I was going to say, they get Dallas. Now, I don't know if you're aware of this, but Miles Sanders had two rushing attempts last week for 27 yards. Free Miles Sanders. That's, that's how great the Dallas rush defense is. No, I'm kidding. That, that That's just how that's fucking how bad the coaching is. is. Yeah, yeah, with it. Um, I'm going to say that Hubbard is going to be over but i think this is a very accurate number i'm gonna say hubbard finishes right around the 17 point mark i'm gonna take the over as well i think you know it's gonna be similar to mike davis last year you know we saw he's not gonna be christian mccaffrey but he's gonna be a pretty adequate replacement so Mm -hmm. i'm gonna take the over 
Um, When we look at Kevin's team, I mean, I'm always just blown away when you see Travis Kelsey's, like, projections on the week. They're fucking huge. 23.76 points. Are you dare taking the over with that? You know, the crazy part is, so week one, 23.39, over by five. Yeah. Week two, 23.66, over by just shy of four. Yeah. Last week, 23.2, just shy and 20.9. I mean... This it's fucking unreal. I, I'm taking the over with this. Dalton Schultz fucking tore up the Philly defense. Dalton Schultz good. did that with it. It wasn't, take, it wasn't Amari Cooper. It wasn't CD Lamb. It was Dalton fucking Schultz. I'm gonna take the under for Kelsey just because I feel like Tyree Kills had two kind of off games, and it might be the Tyree Kill show or turn to kind of rebound. Um, but I'll I'll take the under. But it's gonna be like. 19 point like nine points or something crazy okay so is it my turn to ask you for your over under on a player sure okay um so we'll start with kevin and we'll go to kevin's love child mike williams 22 points in week one 22 points in week two 33 points in week three he goes into vegas at 17.4 which is the highest he's been projected at all year are you buying i am buying mike williams and if i was in vegas putting all the money on the over for this one. Yeah, I'm a madman. All right. And then on my side of the things, Jared Goff going into Chicago with it. Good week one, decent week two, bad week three. 16.22 points is what sleeper projection is. Where, where are you going with Jared Goff? I'm going to take the under just because I think for the Bears, like this is do or die. If they don't show up, I think this is going to be the most depressing season of all time. Um, But I think the Bears are better than that. And I think, you know, my foolish fandom is prevailing here. But I think the Detroit offense might struggle this this Sunday. And then we're in agreement that I upset Kevin. Uh, No. No. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm not that drunk yet. (laughs) Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. I like it. All right, let's move on to... Kind of the potential maybe battle for the first over or first overall pick. Uh, well, first overall team, maybe not first overall pick, but Chris is taking on Steve's team. Yeah, this is going to be a close matchup. It is. It. I mean, like on it's, paper, like it's, it's yeah. pretty even. Um, both, you know, Steve's projected for a whopping 105 points since Chris is 107. So he has the slight advantage. Um, let's just do one over under for each team and I will take Steve's for you and you'll take Chris for me. Um, and I'm going to go for you. How about Rondale Moore? I was, it was a bet. I literally just pulled him up as we were, as we were getting ready to do this. Yeah. Well, no, cause I mean, he's, he's a very interesting player. He had, um, you know, a solid week one blew up week two and then did kind of nothing against Jacksonville. Um, this week he's projected to score, um, 9.42 points, uh, taking on the Rams, you know, three o'clock, kind of a tough matchup, um, over under 9.42 points under with it. I love this Rams team this year. Mm-hmm. This, there's a lot of pressure. I think this is where we realize that I'm going to say it here. Kyler Murray's not the quarterback that everybody believes in to be this year. And mm-hmm. he's going to go in and play a good team. And I, you can make an argument. I, I still think Cleveland has the best front seven in the game. Yep. But there's a guy named Aaron Donald on this Rams team, and he's really good. 
which I, I'm going to take the under. Uh, I, I mean, I'll take your opinions. No, I think that's fair. I mean, Arizona surprisingly kind of has a lot of mouths to feed. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins really hasn't had a chance to get going. I mean, AJ Green's kind of been used a weird amount of, you know, work. He's gotten the ball a lot. Um, and then obviously, you know, Christian Kirk, you know, the running backs and Edmonds and Connor. I mean, Moore, I think, is a good player, but I'll take, I would agree with your assessment of the under. As much as I want to give you Hollywood Brown for your over-under, I'm going to avoid you being able to bash him. So okay. I'm going to go with Jamar Chase Thursday night going into, you know, going and being at home against Jacksonville with it. Sleeper has projections at 16.32 points. You can't see my hands, but they're just pushing everything to the middle of the table. I'm all in. Give me the over on Jamar Chase. Thursday night, we already know T. Higgins is going to be sitting out. Um, Jamar Chase, this is a real strong matchup. I mean, you talk about like just how different like a month makes. Like a month ago, everyone was like, Jamar Chase is a bust. He's dropping the ball. He doesn't want to catch a NFL football. He's used to college football. Blah, 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 blah. Chase, four weeks later, you know, he's dominated the nfl in his first three weeks i mean he has four touchdowns he's put up 20.9 points 13.4 points 22.5 points i mean kind of the real deal i mean who sits out an entire college football season with no injury and still goes in the top five um for me jamar chase is special give me the over big time all right um you pick it first or am i um why don't you have the honors i've already got all my stuff written down I'll take Steve. Oh, I'm are we going to have our first discrepancy? We're first discrepancy. I'm going with Chris. I, I like the Darnold matchup a little bit too much. That's yeah, that's fair. Darnold. I mean, against Dallas, that could be very good. But Dallas's defense is kind of sneaky. Yep, they're sneaky strong. decent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it? Is his last name Diggs? Yeah, he yeah, looked good. He great game. Jumped that ball and just kind of went to the house. Um, all right, let's move on to. Um, how about Nick Ruth taking Armand? Um, <laughs> kind of fun when you see a big trade go down and then they play each other a week later. Um, let's do, how about, I'll take some, I'll give you someone from Nick's team and you give me someone from Armand's team for the over-under. You got it. Um, I mean, Tyler Coughlin, um, solid week one, didn't really do anything week two. Blows the frick up for 23.5 points week three. He's a tight end. It's a tight end premium league this week against Cleveland. Their defense actually isn't that great sort of in the secondary. Um, Can he get you 10.83 points? You know, are you taking the over? You taking the under with him in this matchup? I'm going to take the under with it. So I'm going to take the under one because he's injured with it. There's there's a debate whether or not he's going to be playing this week with it, but Cleveland also has, again, one of the best front sevens here, and mm-hmm. their safeties are no slouch when it comes to coverage. Um, I, I'm not going to say what they did to the Bears was, you know, a true criminal. assessment of what that defense does. It's criminal, but yeah. it's it's damn near the point where they a couple of them could have been arrested for some things. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not. I I'm going to hammer the under on that. I think Kirk Cousins gets. I think Kirk Cousins is put in for a real treat. This week with his opportunities. I like the call. Okay. And where are we going for our Mons team? So for our Mons team, I I really like Scary Terry here. With oh. I'm great, you know, rough week one, great week two, tough matchup with Buffalo in week three, but we play a very vulnerable Atlanta defense. 17.41 is the uh 
the pick there. Hmm. I yeah, I'm gonna take the over. I feel like this Atlanta team. I was surprised New York didn't really do much against them. I think that's a testament how New York's team is kind of shitty, unfortunately. Um, but Washington has kind of been among probably one of the more disappointing teams, I think, in this early season. And with Atlanta, you know, they're not going to be contenders this year. Um, you if if you have any hope of contending, if you're Washington, you need to win this week. So why not get your best player going? I'm going to take the over with Terry. Beautiful. And, and this week's matchup, are nope, we taking? Nope, we got, oh yeah, okay. Sorry, I thought you were skipping. Um, I will be taking Armand. I'm going Armand as well. Oh, Armand, if you're listening, how did it? How did that feel? Like, like you got picked. <laughs> All right, let's move on to how about Zane taking on Jer? Um, you know, both teams coming off close losses um, could have potentially gotten the win, but just didn't work out for them um, this week or last week. Excuse me. Um, right now, uh, Zane is looking like the favorite on paper. Um, how about I'll take I'll give you someone from Jerry's team. You give me someone from Zane's team for the over under. You got it. And I'll go first. How about Mr. Jalen Waddell? Um, he had one of the more interesting stat lines last week with 12 receptions, but only on 58 yards. Like <laughs> he was basically a pseudo running back. Like that is not there's Najee Harris numbers. production. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. even his were ridiculous. So not sustainable at all. But he had a you know good week. Um, definitely a, he's for a rookie. I think he's had three solid straight weeks. Um, right now his or his over or his number for the week projection wise is thirteen point nine eight points. Taking on an Indianapolis team that if Washington's not the most disappointing, I think the Indianapolis Colts have to be the most disappointing team so far this year. Um, where are you going with the over under and with that thirteen point nine eight in mind? I really like this number just in general for him. I think yeah. this is super, super close. I'm going to give him a slight edge to the over um, just because he has big play potential. Um, yeah. And we saw volume last week. So if he can get a big play potential, he maybe loses two or three receptions. But I think if he adds 30, 40 yards onto that, which is, which is a very big possibility, I think, yes, this is this is an over number for me. All right. Where are we going for Mr. Zane's team? I'm going to go back to the guy that I talked about earlier in the podcast, Miles Sanders. You know, his projections are 14.18 points, did really, really well in week one, and then had super down ticks in week two with only two rushing attempts um, against Dallas. Like I said, he had, you know, three receptions for 28 yards against Dallas, but 14.18 against the Kansas City defense. Where you, What are you thinking for Miles Sanders? He is, I don't know, one of the most frustrating players. Like, you're like, why does this guy not have so much usage under Doug Peterson? And then you're like, oh, he's got a new coach, you know, this Nick Serini guy or whatever. And he doesn't utilize him either. So is is Sanders just not that good? And coaches know something that players or that fantasy players don't? Probably. Um, I'm going to take the under, unfortunately. I just don't have a lot of confidence in Sanders' situation right now. I still think he's a good player. But talk about frustrating and disappointing. Yeah, like, do me a favor. You're you're pretty decent at math, right? Uh, you know, I try. What's okay. what do you got? What is twenty seven divided by two? Uh, divided by two, carry the one, add three. Uh, thirteen point five. Thirteen point five. So if you, so if I told you you could have a running back that would potentially average thirteen point five yards a rush, how would that mm-hmm. make you feel? 
Very nice. Okay, so how the fuck do we miss this? Like, do we do we go out and we sit down in the Philadelphia offense and fire the coach and just say, "We're hey, we're going to do this really quick." Yeah, I mean it's it's odd because I know the Eagles just got behind so quickly in this game, um, and it was really out of reach by like the end of the first quarter. But like, they didn't even really get him involved in the passing game. Yeah. So it's like it's fine if like you're not going to rush the ball, whatever you know that's that's fine. But like, he only had four targets. Like, I don't know if you're going to be in a hurry up, like get your running back, you know, the ball, like after, I mean, Devonte Smith, I think is cl- the clear number one guy on this team already, you know, as a rookie Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz are solid, but I mean, Miles Sanders is just explosive. I don't know, you know, if the Dallas kind of coverage linebackers is probably one of their weak points. So I, I don't know this, the game plan with Philly was very odd. Um, and yeah, you're preaching to the choir on why they didn't utilize Sanders more. Perfect. So whatever Philadelphia Eagles intern, you know, has the unforsaken pleasure of listening to this, we would very much like to talk to somebody about this situation. Yeah, I would like to speak to a manager. <laughs> I, fuck, I quit. Okay. All right. All right. Who are you taking? Zane or Jerry? I'll take Zane. Like a little bit more of the matchups. Yep. I, I'm going with Zane as well. And I mean, we talked, you know, about Jerry, you know, one in five, you know, right now, He's kind of been teetering on, you know, his playoffs an opportunity, his playoffs not an opportunity. I mean, we're starting to get to the point in the season where the wins and losses are starting to stack up. I mean, if Jerry has any hope of the playoffs, I mean, a win this week is really huge. It would definitely be an upset. But this, you know, he needs James Robinson, Leonard Fournette, you know, those guys to do what they have shown the the or at least James Robinson showed last week um cuz he, he Jared just needs to win bad if you yes. can pull this off that would be just massive for his team potentially you know for the rest of the season agreed all right let's move on to how about the brother matchup i'm taking on sam this week um and s- the interesting matchup i mean we're going to have both teams are kind of dealing with some injuries still this week uh with for myself, I have T. Higgins currently already out for Thursday night. Delvin Cook looks like he's questionable, but trending in the right direction. And for Sam's team, we already know Christian McCaffrey's out. Um, seems like A.J. Brown is questionable, but kind of trended in the right direction. Um, you know, Justin Fields just had an awful, you know, debut as a starter. You know, will he rebound against Detroit? Um, how about you give me... I'll give you someone from my team and you give me someone from Sam's team. Sure. Sound good? Yeah. All right. Um, and I'll start us off on my team. I mean, how about Mr. Ezekiel Elliott? Um, you know, prior to Monday night, I think everyone kind of left him off for dead. You know, everyone's like, it's Tony Fowler, this, whatever. And Ezekiel's like, I'm still good at football and just, what he put up 26 points mm-hmm. and he did Zeke things right now. He's going against Carolina, which is, a tough defense, you know, at least for these first three weeks, but they've had pretty cupcake schedule. Uh, right now, Zeke's projected at 16.81 points against Carolina Sunday in 12 o'clock. You're taking the over, you're taking the under. Man, this is I, this is probably the most interesting one mm-hmm. off this a lot off your roster here. Oh, yeah. I buy, I'm going to buy the hype train with it. I, I think he keeps going. I think... They're a great one-two tandem, but I think Zeke just wants to continue to solidify that he's the number one guy in the backfield. Uh, it, it is a tough sled. 
it's a it's very much a test sled. Part of me says there's there's an opportunity where Zeke doesn't get over ten. I right. I think Zeke gets over the sixteen point eight one. I want to say Zeke gets finishes close to twenty twenty one. Yeah, because I mean this Panthers team is very interesting, but they're three and zero. But they played the Jets, the Texans, and the Saints. Not exactly mm-hmm. world beaters. Mm-hmm. I mean, two of those teams just kind of have garbage offenses right now. Um, this is definitely going to be, I think, the biggest challenge for the Panthers and even for this, you know, Cowboys team and their playoff aspirations. Should be a good matchup, but um, I certainly hope that it's the over for for Zeke this week. Yeah, as much as I want to give you his teammate, because we we saw a fluke of a of a round for for CD Lamb last week. Not to throw yep. that in your face that he actually cost you a matchup against me. Yeah, yeah. with it, but I'll give you your other love child though, uh, Alvin Kamara. Oh boy, eighteen points against Green Bay, seven points against Carolina, and then twenty points, which was under his twenty one point nine seven projections against the Patriots. He goes into Week Four playing the New York Giants at twenty two point six points that's a lot that's a that's a lofty number that is i mean so fun stats through three weeks Derek fucking henry has more receptions than alvin fucking kamara how does that make sense like it's james winston it's james winston well that football is weird like one of these games kamara is just going to go for 10 receptions i don't know when but it's going to happen soon it doesn't matter who the quarterback is um I don't know. 22.6 points is a lot for anyone. Kamara on the Saints offense just doesn't feel like they have their rhythm yet. They're going to find it sooner than later, but I don't feel confident that it happens this week. So I'm going to take the under. All right. Pick time. Yeah, pick time. Um, I'll go first. Okay. I'm going to take me. Okay. I'm going to take Weir. (laughs) Yeah, uh, Nick. Sorry. Sorry, Doc. You're, You're out on this one. All right, so we've made it to the matchup final. of the week. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, this is a doozy of a matchup. This we are going to watch. One. Yeah, we have Adam's team, which is six and zero, one of the three six and zero teams left in the league, taking on Stefan's team, who's five and one. Um, this is it, it. Doesn't get much better than this. Um, when you look at these matchups, you know the players. It's just both teams are stacked with stacked. you know insane players. You know. They are where they are right now, you know, justifiably so. Um, I mean, how about I'll take Adam's team. I'll give you a guy and you give me someone from Stefan's team for an over-under. Absolutely. And all right, I'm going to give, I mean, why not? Let's go with Stefan Diggs. Um, You know, Buffalo dominated last week. You know, MVP type performance last week. He really did his thing, but through three weeks, I mean, Stefan Diggs has just been kind of all right. I mean, good, but not really, really good. Um, just average production, you know, 15.9 points, 16 points, 12.2 points. Hasn't broken the 16 point marker. Um, this week he's projected taking on the Houston Texas 20.35 points. Do you think he'll get right and go over, or are we going to see some more disappointment? So I think the interesting piece has been how Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley continue to emerge as very reliable targets for Josh Allen. Cole Beasley played in a lot the previous year, and obviously Emmanuel Sanders now gets a couple more weeks in. We see more chemistry and everything like that, but 
I mean, I, I pretty much want to just go Wolf of Wall Street, Matthew McConaughey, start beating the fucking chest and grunting and everything like that. that yeah, th- th- I'm going to take the over. I think this is this is breakout week for, for Stefan Diggs. I think the, the Texans secondary isn't what, what it needs to be to contain a guy of this caliber with it. So I'm, I'm going to say he goes for at least 100 with two scores. All right. Where are we going for Stefan's team for me? All right. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to, there's a couple of interesting ones that I could give you. I mean, I could go down the Cole Beasley train. I could go down the Kirk Cousins train. You know, Najee Harris had a, had a, had a crazy week and everything like that. But the guy I think I really want to give you is Nick Chubb. Because, and I, and I'll let you explain part of the pieces there because with the Kareem Hunt side of things, but 15.34 points. He's he's had a decline from 22 to 16 to eight last week against the Bears, where we watched Kareem Hunt just completely dominate the back half of the game. And I don't know if that was just from a oh my god, we're fucking cheating now, Chicago's throat perspective, or if maybe Hunt might be the guy here. But what are you what are your thoughts on Chubb projections at 15.34 points? It's a very fair number. I think for Chubb, you know, unfortunately, he's an extremely talented running back, but he just doesn't get the reception to work. And he's not going to get a huge volume because you mentioned, you know, Kareem Hunt, like they're really split in this backfield, you know, keep both these guys fresh. So if he doesn't get a touchdown, it's hard to see him going over that 15 point margin, Uh, taking on the Minnesota Vikings that, you know, at least right now, they're not their elite self, you know, defending the run. I think they're very vulnerable on defense. Um, You know, they're going up to Minnesota. I mean, you know, it's a little bit of a homecoming for Mr. What is it? Kevin Stefanowski, I believe is the quarter or the coach name Mm -hmm. um, for the uh, Kevin Stefanski, Stefanski, excuse me, for the Cleveland Browns. I don't know. I think Chubb will get a touchdown this week and I think he'll kind of just eat by that number. So give me the over, but just barely. Okay. The last thing I want to ask you before yep. we go into into this, and I'm going to do this just because we've seen ungodly numbers out of Cooper Cup. So yep. my question for you is, is, is this MVP-like numbers that we're seeing out of him, and is it sustainable as we continue to watch these weeks go? Is it an MVP-type number for Cooper Cup? Yep. Could Cooper Cup, with this continued piece, be considered MVP-like? So, I mean, who's the? Do you know who the last wide receiver to win an MVP was? I'm gonna assume Jerry Rice. I, I believe that's correct. I don't have it up in front of me. I, I was trying to think of Calvin Johnson ever won one, but I don't think he did. No, he didn't. With so, it. yeah. For fun, go ahead. So, for fun fact, um, right now, Cooper Cup is on pace for. I'm just calculating it out real quickly. Over a 17 game season, he's on pace for 2,079 yards, <laughs> and. Uh, uh, do do math, math, 28 touchdowns. So, yeah, if Cooper Cup continues at this trend, he's going to be MVP because that is obscene, even if you factor in the extra game. Uh, 2100 yards and 28 touchdowns that's more than some rookie quarterbacks throw the ball passing. Um, is it sustainable now? Um, right now, Cooper Cup is definitely doing extremely well, but and you know Stafford's passing the ball really well, but guys like you know Robert Woods, Van Jefferson, um, even like Higby, Deshaun Jackson, like they're involved, but they're not connecting. You're not getting the job done as well. I mean, right now, like everything about Cup, like 
he's a great player, but I'm I just it doesn't scream sustainable for me. Um, he's got five touchdowns in three weeks. There's going to be some regression in that aspect. I think he's going to be a PPR monster. He's going to get the ball a lot, like week in week out, and he's going to get like yards because of that. But no, he's not going to be an MVP, and it's not going to be sustainable. Do you okay. think he is? I think. I think it, there's a small drop off, but uh, he will be wide receiver number one at the end of at the end of the year. So by, small, yeah, go ahead. So wait, small drop off. Right now he's on pace for almost 2,100 yards. Like, is a small drop off like 1,900 yards or like 1,600 yards? I went to I was I was at 1,650 is where I was at. I mean, it's, I'm sure that's a fucking insane number. I mean, it's actually not that insane when you factor in it's 17 games. I mean, usually we see like one or two wide receivers push that number. That's actually pretty conservative for someone that you think is going to be first overall, unless you think he's going to bust out like 20 touchdowns. I th- The touchdown piece for me continues to be one of the, like, this is almost Kirk Cousins to Adam Thielen, like, adventures. Yeah. You're in the red zone. Cooper Cup is going to get the ball. It's just, yeah. it's just it's like you just know it's going to happen. I I feel like I, I I think that part continues. I think I think he averages at least one touchdown every single game he plays. Good God! So there's 14 more games. So you have him on pace then to at least get to 19 touchdowns. Yes. No. I, I mean, I, I I get it. It's far fetched. It's crazy. Yeah. With it, I I mean, you make the bold predictions and everything like that, but. From what I've seen with the connection piece with Matthew Stafford and him, mm-hmm. man, that's three weeks in. It's hard not to thump thump the drum. No, it's definitely impressive. And I mean, when you look at the schedule, I mean, Arizona's defense has been solid, um, but I don't know if it has a. They have a great secondary. Seattle definitely doesn't have a great secondary right now. New York secondary is meh. Detroit is very shitty. Houston is very average. Tennessee isn't great. I mean, I think you have to get all the way to week 10 against San Francisco mm-hmm. right before the bye, before you look at a matchup that's rough. And then after that, out of the bye, you got Green Bay, which that'll be a tough one. You know, Jacksonville, nope. Arizona, nope. Seattle, nope. Minnesota, probably not. Baltimore, solid. I mean, the schedule for this Rams team, like the rest of the year, like they don't have any super difficult matchups. No, the I, the seventeen and eighteen Baltimore San Francisco is going to be rough, and obviously, I I'm very curious to see what happens in this first Arizona game, and how this offense. I, I mean, they played Chicago. I, Chicago has a really really bad secondary, but good upfront pressure. Indianapolis, I don't, I don't not that great, and then playing last week against Tampa Bay. I mean, Tampa Bay has to bring in Richard Sherman to try and salvage a beat up secondary. I think Tampa Bay is the thirtieth ranked defense right now in the league. Yeah, it's not. And, it's not and you returned every starter on defense. That's that's it's rough. N- it's not ideal. No, no. I, I'm I'm going to be very curious to see what happens this week. I I think this arguably could be the game of the week here with L.A. and Arizona. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it, absolutely, I agree with that. I don't know. For me, I think Cup. I I think we're going to see some regression, and I think he's going to struggle to finish over 1,500 yards on the season, which. You know, if he gets in the 1400 neighborhood, that's crazy. But that's that's where I'll call my shot on. Do we actually keep track of all these dumbass bold predictions I make? Like, uh, or, or do we just rely on Kevin that he like Kevin's on the other side of this writing these down and be like, you know, 
10, yes. 10, 20, 20, 10, 10, 26 p.m. Dan's recording the podcast. He says Cooper Cup's going to be finished at 1,650 yards. What a fucking asshat. Yep. Kevin is our stat boy. He'll follow up in like seven months on these predictions. And <laughs> we can't wait. Absolutely. So, so all right. So we got to make the pick. Yeah, we got to make the pick. Why don't you lead off? Where are we, where are we going with? Tough matchup. Yep. Real interesting pieces here. I'm going to take Stefan. We disagree again. Let's Give go. me Adam in the upset. Um, I think it's going to be definitely a tough game for both teams. Uh, but it's, I, I think the projections are a little bit off. You know, right now they're showing Stefan at basically six to four, you know, advantage, you know, favored by almost 10 points. I think it's a toss up. And I think when you look at Adam's team, we haven't quite seen it fully come together and break out. And I think you mentioned Diggs potentially breaking out. I think we're going to see this Kansas City Chiefs team just come out like guns a blazing. Um, give me, give me Mr. Adam in the upset. The Taylor Hineke piece is a very interesting play for sure. Okay. I mean, when you, look at, when you look at these ten play or twenty players, I guess in this matchup, you know, Cole Beasley and you know Hineke just stick out like sore thumbs. Um, and, you know, Colby, and, and I'm not saying like they're the wrong play. I think for mm-hmm. both teams, I think they make sense. Yep. But these aren't your stereotypical like world beater guys that you're seeing um, for maybe some contending teams. Um, for, in Heineke's case, I think he's got a pretty strong matchup against Atlanta. And, you know, going back to earlier, I think this is just a must win game for this Washington football team. So I think their backs are against the wall. And we're going to see, I think, a Ron Rivera team is going to show out. He, he throws up 21 points against a very, very good Buffalo defense. I mean, it just it, Atlanta's, I mean, you look at Buffalo's defense compared to Atlanta's defense. This is like, you know, your stuffed animal that you get that's all nice and shiny out of the box. And then the corner of the room is the fucking lamb that you got that's been beat the fucking hell over the last seven years. It sounds like a personal issue. All right. Well, I'll play the music then. Yep. And let's head out. It's been a great week, guys. Um, we're going to see a different, well, I guess we could split these matchups, but at least we aren't in agreement for matchups this week yeah so, i mean we're we're basically sitting here stuff. with with one more week as we as we finish out the the lopsided ones six seven and eight are going to be the most captivating podcasts ever because the matchups are going to be fucking great as long as you're not playing me or you're not playing nick ruth with, but there's going to be two weeks here where we're going to have two match or all three weeks are going to have two matchups where it's just going to be fucking absolute fire oh yeah and Buys are going to be starting too, so that won't. Yep. Be fun. Yeah, but we, we'll we pick there. up buys this week, right? Don't we? Week four has uh, not this week. I think not next this week. week next week. Okay. Yep. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week, same time, same bat place, same bat channel. Bye. Stop recording.